Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One is Mark and John's the other. They're just friends. They are not lovers. It's two old queens. It's two old queens. They're just sassy, not that mean. Two old queens. It's two old queens. Now shut up. Hello. 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 Welcome to Queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Mark, I'm so excited about our guest, and she's so excited. She uh, introduce her so she can talk. <laughs> All right, I'll get right to that. Well, she's a writer performer. You know her from The Good Place, Bruise Brothers, and American Princess. It's Ellie Wood. Yay. That's Mark. Hello, and you said it right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's controversial, I know, but it's pronounced Woods. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It's People have a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, has that been an issue for you? Oh, I mean, what? Sure, but no. Like, who cares? You know. <laughs> but it is my name. But um, you know, so it. You know, so I thought about changing it a lot. Um, and the third movie is coming out soon, so I'm thinking about changing it to go. Oh fuck! Go. Oh fuck me. Um, that could just be my new name, but. But then there'll be a movie of that. Of sorry, in Reese exactly. Witherspoon, you know, she plays Go Fuck Me. Is it the name they're after, or are they just trying to take my identity? I don't know. Couldn't we'll never say. know. Is that character the legally blonde character though? Is L L Woods? Hence the confusion. Uh, how do we ever get to the bottom of this? And truth be told, my name is Eleanor. Really? Uh, I love that name. Eleanor, really, because there's an e on the end. Although nobody's ever said that, but. <laughs> So I could just do that, but it's like that's not who I've been. That's not who you are. Mm-hmm. It's right. not who I'm gonna be. I'm, I might. <laughs> that end feels up- like a that feels like a midlife pivot. I think so. Like think I'm so. not Ellie anymore. I'm Eleanore, and, and I'll be like, I, okay, Eleanore has arrived, riding a baby have, elephant. Yes, <laughs> I think I probably have to go through Nore first and Elia. You know. <laughs> sure, your mystical uh-huh. phase after you. <laughs> start that right now actually 
Great. Uh, you made my mask that I've been using all the time. How is the mask making going? Well, it's- If you want to talk, can we talk about the mask making? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel very proud to be making masks right now. Um, it's constant mask making, doing it all the time. I'm, I really like making masks when, for, for people who like ask for something specific. And then I really like when I feel like I've perfectly, perfectly accomplished what people asked for. Now, Mark, I'm not exactly sure if we hit the brief, but we really so. tried hard. We tried really hard. <laughs> what was the assignment? The prompt? Was, 1950s mm-hmm. log cabin. 1950s log cabin. Uh-huh. So, okay. it's got, I think that also, yours there. was an earlier version, and I've since figured out how to make them better for people's faces. So, yours might be like a little small or like thick. Well, I have a big head, um, but it loosened up over time. So, now it fits very comfortably. There you go. And That's I had another like, mask that only lasted a month, but this one's lasted like two, three months now. Hell yeah. That's because it's heavily oh. quilted. It's heavily quilted and reversible. Yes. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. That's functionality right there. I I do pride myself on the functionality of my masks. I have invented, I mean, I don't want to talk about masks this whole time, but no, no, no. (laughs) Invented something, which is that my masks have um, uh, straw holes on them, which is not the invention, but the fact that I've created um, a system where a magnet closes a rivet. And so it closes kind of automatically. That is new, and that's that's fun. Innovation. Can you patent that? Well, my mom is a patent lawyer, so I've been trying to figure out like whether I should talk to her about it. But (laughs) you're an ideal uh, situation to have that patent, right? But I actually think like my mom's going to say like, "What would you?" I know enough about patent stuff to think that you actually wouldn't be able to patent that. Oh, well, that sucks. Because I'd have to be patenting magnets closing rivets. And I don't think that's like something you could patent. Because It's I like patenting a zipper kind of thing. It's patenting magnet. It's basically patenting what a magnet already does. So anyway. Well, this has been patent talk. Great. Thank you. With Nora Woods. Thank you. Hugs. <laughs> well, speaking of patent, patent leather shoes, maybe. <laughs> We're talking about Strictly Ballroom today. John, what's the deal with Strictly Ballroom? Mark, let me tell you the deal with Strictly Ballroom. Uh, Strictly Ballroom uh, came out in 1992. It's a, from Australia, romantic comedy directed and co-written by Baz Luhrmann, which is based on a critically acclaimed stage play that uh, happened in 1984 when Luhrmann and fellow students while he was studying at the National Institute of Dramatic Arts in Sydney. Uh, tells the story of a maverick dancer who risks his career by performing an unusual routine and sets out to succeed with a new partner. It stars Paul Mercurio, Tara Marie, Bill Hunter, and Pat Thompson. Uh, it was uh, Baz Luhrmann's uh, uh, directorial debut and the first of what uh, people refer to as his Red Curtain trilogy, uh, which also includes Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. And uh, I don't know how much it made, but I know it is one of the most successful movies to come out from Australia. So there you go. That is the deal with Strictly Ballroom. <laughs> so Ellie, we asked you to pick a movie. Why Strictly Ballroom? Well, I picked Strictly Ballroom because I'm a really big fan of the movie. And Makes I sense. definitely like, I definitely like regretted choosing it after I chose it. I was like, oh, I should have chose, I thought more about the show and I was like, I should have chosen something that would clearly win. And I was like mad that I did that. But then, you know, I thought more about it and I think it's gonna do well. I think it's, I think it's okay. really gonna hit some, some of the categories that a lot of movies don't get the chance to hit. 
So you're mm -hmm. here to like place high in the ranking. Well, I, I'm actually you're here, here with a mission. No, I'm here to represent the movie truthfully. Okay. And talk about one of my favorite movies on one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, with two people okay. I, I kind of like. <laughs> well, that's a How many times have you seen Strictly Ballroom, would you say? How many times have you seen it? I've seen it maybe 10 times. Okay, that's a lot. It is a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. And I have it also as just like a first movie for somebody. It's like the best Baz Luhrmann. I never say his name right, but that's his best movie to me. You never saw Australia? <laughs> I actually, that's the one of his movies I didn't see. You're not missing much. Isn't it like four hours? No, it's however long it is, it's too long, but it's not four hours. <laughs> um, so you're a passionate fan and you wanted to do well. I love that. John, what's your history with Strictly Ballroom? Uh, I love it. I don't, I think I saw it when it first came out and I love it. I've been a huge fan of it. This is actually one of those movies where if you said at the last minute, oh, can we switch it and do Strictly Ballroom? I could be like, I can do it without rewatching Strictly Ballroom. Like I was like, I, wow. I know it enough that I feel like I could do well. Um, but it's a movie that I actually do love. I agree. I think it's Baz Luhrmann's best movie by far. Um, I think it it really achieves something very sweet and weird and being like so like cartoonish and so over the top. And yet like it hits the real honest emotional moments so well and so deftly uh, that it's, it's like I'm very impressed by this movie. Uh, but I am definitely like a huge fan of this movie. I think it's great. How about you, Mark? What is your uh, history with uh, Strictly Ballroom? Well, I remember renting it on video when it first came out. Um, and I was on VHS. What's uh, that? Oh, boy. <laughs> like, come up to Grandpa's porch. Let me tell you the days of going to Hollywood video. Um, uh, I remember being underwhelmed by it. But, and so I never rewatched it. But I have since grown to, I love uh, Moulin Rouge. I think Moulin Rouge is a delightful time in the movies, which I saw mm -hmm. the summer I came out of the closet. Oh, so I was thinking that, oh, well, let me, uh, now that I have a, you know, a stick out of my ass and something else in it, let me try Stickly Ballroom <laughs> again. Stickly Ballroom. Stickly Ballroom. Mm -hmm. Stickly Balls Deep. Um, yeah. then, oh. There's some more ballroom for that movie in your That's ball. what I'm saying. And it turns out it wasn't me, it's the movie. I just am not a big fan of this movie for whatever reason. I am going to be the odd man out here and that is fine. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I think he sets out exactly what he tried to do. I think um, I th like the visuals of it. I like the dance sequence. I just don't care. I don't like the two leads. I think they fall flat for me. And, um, but I appreciate the garishness of it. It just kind of hits me as a little shrill. So that's okay. how I feel about Strictly Ballroom. That we, we all understand how opinions work, Mark. It's yeah. okay. I just want to make sure it's nothing personal, John. Okay. Um, Can I just say that, John, I love that you also like this movie best out of his movies um, because mm -hmm. I think it, it's something that you'll appreciate. It's it's a perfect use of what happens when you give an artist too much money, which is the rest of his movies. Right. Mm hmm well, isn't yeah. he like the metaphor is like, he is the main guy. He's the one who's always like, I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to do too much. I'm going to do the audience pleaser. Like that is who Baz Luhrmann is. Mm -hmm. Paul McCurry. Yeah, that's his aesthetic. You know? is like the super extra. Too much. Yeah. 
Um, and it was fun to see that in like his first movie as well. Like, oh, yep, his voice was pretty well defined. Mm -hmm. So, Ellie, as you may or may not know, but I think you do, we are looking <laughs> for the gayest movie ever. So we have a very complex and Byzantine scoring system with which to judge these movies. So we're going to go through a bunch of categories, and at a certain point, you will add a category, and it could become, become canon. canon. All right, so we're going to, the first, um, so let me... This is where our top five is standing right now. These are the current rankings for the top five gayest movies ever. Number five was 76.50% Cats. Number four was 76.52% Funny Girl. Number three was 78.59% Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born. Number two with a 79.51% Grease 2. And our new current <laughs> champion, number one, with a 94.83% John Waters' female trouble. Oh. So, <laughs> but there's a big gap between Grease yeah. 2, which was number two with 79.51, and female trouble with the 94.83. There's like a 15-point spread yeah. there. Maybe well, you could squeeze in. You can get in the top five, I think. You could maybe get in the top five. I, I just think that, like, female trouble is such a shoe in how, you know, who picked that? cha heel in. They, they came to win. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but also like that's oh. not wrong. You know, they're totally correct. Yeah. No one did anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else right. could have chosen it. You're they right. I was blaming them. I was blaming them. Okay. You were blaming the guests. I was saying that's cheating. <laughs> to bring in a better movie. <laughs> to bring <laughs> to bring in John Waters. Yeah. How dare to you? To a gay movie competition. <laughs> there. No, I call no. Like they bring a knife, you bring a gun. They bring grease too, you bring female trouble. All right, so let's get into our first category. We're all gonna score it out of, for this round of categories, we're all gonna score it out of 100, then we take the average. And our first category, on a scale of zero to 100, how homoerotic is Strictly Ballroom? Well, I'm gonna start off and say that I don't think Strictly Ballroom is very homoerotic. Sure. Mm -hmm. There's actually no mention of any gay person in the movie, I'm pretty sure. It's never Not like explicit. Really, no. It's inferred. There, uh, there's you a can... one point near the end where Barry Fife calls Les a faggot. Oh, oh yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> Representation. Right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so thank I felt safe. Yeah. So yeah, so if you find degradation erotic, then sure, there's a little bit of that. Depending on the night. That's right. <laughs> um, so I will say, Although the, the movie is about unexpressed desires and wanting to be your own thing in a world that says you can't. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to make a case for it, I could say that, but I would, I'm going to give it like a 10. A 10, tough but fair. Yeah, I think I'm going to go, we've got, there was like a moment where Les and Scott were sort of dancing and, but Les was like yelling at Scott. And then there was like the girls who all danced together because there weren't enough male partners. Yeah. But there's nothing so, like erotic to that though. Well, I mean, who knows? I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 12. 12. Wow. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. There wasn't really anything for me. Give it an average of 10. Nice. All righty. Um, just below Funny Girl, a movie made 40 <laughs> years earlier. Um, all right. Next. That did very well in the end. So. <laughs> it's certainly true. Starting low doesn't mean there's not anywhere to go. That's, That's exactly right. Look at the box office returns for Home Alone. I don't think that was number one the first weekend. I don't know if that's true. Um, all right, next category, actual gay characters. Well, there's Les Kendall. 
Les is, I think, the only one who is actually gay. Yeah. You would think the ballroom scene would just be full of... But, I mean, it's Australia, and I don't know if it's I know. there. <laughs> I think Homosexuality has there. not hit Australia yet. <laughs> um, That's what I said. The tariffs. Tariffs. <laughs> <laughs> Too high. Too high. Um, Baz Luhrmann always strikes me as like, he watches movies, and you're like, this guy... It's got to be gay just watching them. You know what I mean? They're, everything has such like a flourish and a camp sensibility. Mm-hmm. But then you, I think when you, the proof that there's not any actual gay people or homoeroticism tells the story. Yeah. True. And I think also something about like, is it Baz or is it Boz? I don't know. And does it matter? I've mostly heard Baz, but who Baz. knows? Um, so Boz, <laughs> <laughs> Baz is married to the production production designer for all his movies mm-hmm. and she is the most oscar award-winning australian i believe wow of all of his movies and so or uh, rather probably the other way around like she's their movies? incredible and it's and yes. They're their movies, yes so i wonder like whether like what that working relationship is and like whether we'll learn more about him later in life it could be a very like phantom thread situation yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> they poison each other. Yeah, they yeah. poison each other. They, they, we'll learn about the mushrooms later. Mm-hmm. Great. So for actual Great. gay characters, what do you want to give Strictly Ballroom? 15. 15. Yeah, I'll go the same. 15 for less. 15. Um, less is not more. I'm also <laughs> going to give it 15. Yeah, I've definitely listened to your Bring It On episode and like, what's the deal with less characters? <laughs> right? Less being straight men, which is ironic. Yeah. All right, next guy. You might make up some points here. I feel camp factor. How campy is Strictly Ballroom? This is actually a question that I think might surprise you guys. I have a question about camp. Okay. And this movie. Mm. All right, let's hear it. I have a dear friend, um, two dear friends, Name Luke and Connor, and we talk about a lot of stuff. And um, yes, and yes, they are gay. And um, we talk about the theory of straight drag versus camp. Mm. And okay. like now, I if you ask me to define what straight drag is, I don't know that I would be able to, but I could tell you when I see it, kind of thing. <laughs> sure. And do you mean like, when you say that? Do you mean like straight people doing drag, or like? doing drag as in trying to present as straight? I mean, that's the question. I mean, I mean straight (laughs) drag as in if it's not camp and it's not like toxic masculinity, it might be straight drag. Like like a genre of film, like anything with Kenneth Branagh in it is straight drag. (laughs) Um, Okay. Like it's presenting straight? A very theatrical heterosexual male? Yes, it's like when it's like when hetero culture, which I belong to, but so it's like when wow. hetero culture. Wow, you're gonna get fault. canceled for that. Fault. Well, I'm just trying to be honest. <laughs> it's like when hetero culture tries for drama but misses a little bit, and it ends up being, you know, a little bit ridiculous. And so with this sure. movie, and I also think it has to do with like, well, what do you guys think about that idea? Well, there's like the school of thought that like John Waters is very intentional camp and like big mm-hmm. and like over the top, but there's like big and over the top going wrong, like a J-Lo, uh, the boy next like door a, kind of movie. Like that's a mommy like, dearest. Yeah. yeah, that's when they try to, they're trying to, they're going for high art, but they're totally missing the mark. 
and it's kind of cringy, but it's also delightful and fun at the same time. And there's almost a lack of the lack of self-awareness is maybe what makes it like the, what you're mm -hmm. talking about in straight camp, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like Strictly Ballroom is very aware of what yeah, that it is over so the too. top and big. Well, so that's my question because like obviously he's playing with like like really campy themes, but then because it's Australian, I'm like, can it be camp? But I guess it is. <laughs> I mean, Why do you think Australia? Peter yeah. Allen? Peter Allen's pretty campy. Kath and Kim. Okay, Kath and Kim. Olivia Newton John. Pig in the City. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, pie in the face all day. Those, yeah, those are all really good examples. Pie in the face, that's pretty camp. I think there is, I think what you're saying to me, like I do think there's a difference between like camp like uh, a John Waters movie or even like the Strictly Ballroom where it's like, oh, we're intentionally going over the top. We're intentionally being big and broad and sort of outsized. And then there's the non-intentional camp, which is something like a mommy dearest or something where, or, you know, or like a, the boy next door. And so they are, they're both camp, but they're slightly different, but we don't have words that sort of put them in different categories. But I can see yeah. how like there is a way in which we, we respond to them a little different. Like there is a, like a visceral thrill about, again, a mommy dearest because how did they think this was good? Or how did they think this was right? As opposed to like a John Waters where like, this is crazy. We're going to be super crazy. Totally. And but like, I do think they're both camp. Where does the movie like Baby Driver fit in? You know, like a bad, bad movie that everybody loved. And it's like kind of actually campy, but not on purpose. Um, I, that's very straight movie. <laughs> Edgar Wright is. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know how, I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, just the fact that it's got, I guess, sex just from us, isn't it? I guess that's just bad. I guess that's just bad. It's just bad. It could be. Also, I feel like there's an element of commitment to camp. Like in Mommy Dares, they committed to like, we're doing yes. the movie of yeah. uh, Joan mm -hmm. Crawford. And in Female Trouble, they committed to telling the story of John now and like the biggest emotions, the biggest story turns you could. So maybe there's like the commitment, like you can't half-ass camp. Like I've never seen a campy mumblecore. Yeah. You're never right, going to exactly. see a a campy Duplass Brothers movie. And like, mm. wouldn't we love to see that? I mean, I would love <sighs> to see that. A little variety, please. Right, the puffy chair, how about uh, puffy boa? <laughs> nice. All right, so how, there we go. And she pulls out a boa. We should say Ellie dressed for- Yeah, no, no, really none of our guests have dressed quite like you have. We will yeah, have I to thought, take a picture later if that's all right. Yeah, I thought I'd give you guys something visual too, just for quarantine. I love um, you. So, but I have to say, like, obviously this movie is, like, if you're going to, if we're just going to stick with the true definition of camp, this is peak camp. We have feathers everywhere. Speaking of boas, mm -hmm. <laughs> we have, like, really funny little quotes all the time. People saying full names. Um, a lot of pratfalls, <laughs> which I don't know if that's really camp, but, like, isn't it? I think so. Well, pratfalls, sure. sure. They're so fun. I'm going to say, actually, um, 89. 89. Uh, I think this movie is really uh, campy. I think it is like borderline two-dimensional, really fun. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to actually go 93. 93, the year Last Action Hero came out. <laughs> All right. I, these are campy things I noticed in Strictly Ballroom. Red curtains, being really tan with bleached blonde hair. Banaka breath spray, being a cosmetology consultant, the high stakes world of ballroom dancing, grotesque close-ups, fish tanks, Fran doing just fine without her glasses, an atrocious cover of Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, she dresses with ruffles, intense dance contest judge deliberations, a spinning dance newsletter, 
Tina Sparkle, Dance Instruction DVDs, Sad Catholic Kitchens, a flashback being told via a very theatrical stage presentation, a toupee falling off in a comedic fashion, a slow clap, and finally villains doing the right thing in the end. So I do think this mm -hmm. is very campy. I do think it borders on grotesque and shrill, but I'll give it a 90. I mean, this is a campy movie, for better or for worse. I mean, also the fact that they say Bogo Pogo all the time. I didn't all know the time. what they were talking about. The Bogo Buy Pogo. one, get one. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> I just think of Payless Shoes. <laughs> that's what's camp about me. <laughs> Why pay less when you could pay right. more? What? <laughs> exactly. Looks like a pump. <laughs> Welcome to pay more shoes source. We're going out of business. <laughs> All right. Next category, over the top wardrobe. Got it. <laughs> it does have it. I mean, it's the ball all rolled. over the place. I'm going to go ahead and just give it, um, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a hundred. A hundred. Because even when they're trying to make somebody look bad and not in the ballroom world, they do it pretty crazy. Like Franz Freckles, that mysterious get clean, mysteriously get cleaned up with the apricot scrub. I don't mm. have an Australian accent. <laughs> it's one of the hardest ones, they say. Really? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, even like the people who aren't wearing those ridiculous outfits, like all the like the judges and stuff like that, their wardrobe is definitely like peaked at a, you know, like at a high 10. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 100 as well. 100. <gasps> um, I'm going to go 90. Because I don't know if this is that heightened from the actual world of ballroom dancing. You know what I mean? I don't know if they took the real, it does feel like, well, yes, this is the world of ballroom dancing, which is mm -hmm. itself over the top. So I'd almost right. like them to see them double down on that more, like go even crazier. Like when he has his bolero jacket, where's the red curtain, a red flag or whatever they do. Um, so I'm going to give it a 90. That Apparently that jacket is like worth thousands upon thousands of dollars and was like hand beaded and brought over from Spain and is the most important, uh, the most expensive piece in the movie. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. It's one of the most expensive bolero jackets ever made. Uh, ever made. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Next category, drag queen inspiration. Could a drag queen watch Strictly Ballroom and come away with a whole book of ideas? No. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, this is all of Alexis Monteo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this is I mean, or Courtney Act, you know, we're, yes. we're getting a few different kinds of drag queens, but are we getting a different look? Like I could say that the ballroom look is what we're getting, but what other looks would you do? And then I would maybe say like that Coca-Cola billboard is so iconic. If you wanted to, you could do something with that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do something with that. I think all the Bolero stuff though, that's a, a, a different mm -hmm. than the, the classic ballroom. Very true. <laughs> um, are there any other, like, what about when the non-ballroom looks? There's, uh, what's her name? The mother who was yes. so good, who sadly passed away before the movie came out. Her outfit in that first, not the, the first scene in the dance studio where she's wearing that weird purple bodysuit yeah. and a white skirt, that I'm like, that's, that could be like a Barbie doll look. Like that's an iconic look, I think, that is ballroom adjacent, but not fully ballroom. It's like ballroom rehearsal. I mean, certainly every look in this movie, a drag queen would want. Sure. But is it inspiring a whole book full of them? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess every costume is a- Every just costume about tells a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And there is something too, like when they're like paired up, because like on Drag Race, they'll do like mother-daughter challenge. You know what I mean? You could uh -huh. see mm -hmm. how can two different outfits still represent the same- Still live in the same house family. House style, I get, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is something to be said for that. 
So what would you give this for drag queen inspiration? I'm going to give it a 69. 69, you perv. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go higher. I think it's very like, I think even just like when you think about like all of the accoutrement that like they used in the ballroom culture that drag just seems to love and be attracted to. You know what I mean? Like they love the feathers and all the jewels and the whatnot and the sort of tackiness and the swoops. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go 90. 90. Um, I'm going to go 70. I think it is like a very particular style, probably a little dated, but yes. Given an average of 76.33. That's more than Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We love that. <laughs> we love that. All right, next category. On a scale of zero to 100, how likely are you to recommend this to gay people? This question is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just like. I believe it was Dan Whipper that came up with this. Really? No, uh, it was, was um, uh, no, it was um, uh, Brian Gallivan. Brian Gallivan, that's it. I knew it was a tall person. <laughs> there you go. And they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. They would, looking down on us. <laughs> They're always going, I know what to, you should do. Like, out of all of the questions that you guys use, this one trips me up the most. And so, but because Good. it's one of my favorite movies, um, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll, ju I'll just say I'm 100%, 100 would recommend this to a gay person. A hundred. There's nothing you would recommend more. Shit, but that's, that's not the way it works. That's not the question. The question is, are, how likely would you be like, oh my God, you have to see this? Well, it's a hundred. That means right. But I'm I mean, sure it's not like a matter of like, picks. I'm a gay person that can only watch three movies this week. Give me, what would you recommend? It's I'm more just like, saying, giving it a hundred implies this is the there's most, nowhere to go. there's nowhere to go. There's nothing You're else right. you would recommend more. And this isn't actually a bad thing. Even I don't think it does though. I think it just says how likely would you be like if you're hanging out with a gay person, like if you were hanging out with Oscar Montoya and mm -hmm. he was like, Oh, I've never seen Strictly Ballroom, how likely are you gonna be like, Oh my god, you have I'd to be see like, it? What? She's You've never seen Strictly Ballroom? Mm -hmm. But I I but Mark, I do hear you because I'd be like, there might be other movies that I would be shocked by more that you that <laughs> sure. Oscar hadn't mm -hmm. seen them. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it down to 98 degrees, and hopefully from there we'll <laughs> degrees. <laughs> Great band, gone too soon. Gone way too soon. They died in a. Sauna. Oh. Uh, I'll go 99. I think this is like such a fun, great movie. I'm uh, sad, so sad that you don't uh, delight in it, Mark. But I think it's a. Uh, I mean, I what can you do? Movie. What can you do? I love Ang Lee's Hulk. There's no figuring me out. There's but no I love Moulin Rouge, you know what I mean? Which is like kind of strictly ballroom, but more. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to give this a 20. Wow. So oh, if someone oh. hadn't seen it, you were going to be like, no, you don't need you to. You haven't missed much. Okay. I, whatever reason, like I get it. Like I get that it's fun and it moves fast. And like there's these, the dance numbers are fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like for whatever reason, it's only 90 minutes, but I still, I checked my watch like four times watching this movie. Well, actually, like if I were going to critique the story, it is the same act over and over again. Yes. Yeah. But, and the story, like I, I, especially watching this a week after Female Trouble, it was interesting because I thought this is so, they're taking such risk with style and like performance and production design, but the story is so rote and by the numbers and utterly predictable. Like there never takes like if they had to do a dance off in a prison or you know what I mean like if the if the plot reflected the camp world it would be more fun I think yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. in that way it's so like on one hand it's like so safe it is sort of like a very classic simple story just told in a unique background or back a unique world I agree with that definitely one thing that I learned while um like preparing. Studying Doing your research, you flew to Australia. Yeah. Um, is that I like I had heard about the Red Curtain trilogy, but I never took the time to like understand what that oh, meant. Oh yeah. 
And the last qualification of a film being the Red Curtain trilogy, obviously the first one being that there's a red curtain in it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is that it's based off of basically like a morality tale. Like it's a very simple story. Yes. And that and that it, an identifiable story is one of the is one of the requirements for the Red Curtain trilogy, but also all those requirements maybe seem to me to be a little bit slapped on after the fact. So <laughs> yeah, possible they don't seem like specifically unique to be like to be a Red Curtain trilogy movie. You have to have no a simple like, story. <laughs> it's like maybe to be a Red Curtain movie, you have to have been one of the first three movies Baz, Baz was made. But don't they all literally yeah. start with a shot of a red curtain? Yeah, yeah, but I'll throw that in anywhere. Why did Romeo plus Juliet have a well? Because it was a play. It was a play. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually, I actually have never seen that. I know the soundtrack. What? You've <laughs> never seen. <laughs> so more likely Romeo and Juliet than Strictly Ballroom. So do you want to bump down that ninety-eight? <laughs> no, I'll stand by my band. Okay, very good, very good. All right, our next category: the male gaze. How horny is the camera for the male form? I think it's pretty horny. Weirdly, yeah, I, think I think it's horny, pretty horny for the guy Wayne, who the actor whose name is uh, Pip Mushin, or Mushin, I don't know, the redheaded guy. The Bogo He's like, Pogo. I thought his name was Frank. Pogo. Wayne is his character's name. The one who's like working out? Yeah, who's like shirtless doing yeah, pull-ups, yeah, yeah. and then like is in a tank top a bunch. Right, I did notice like he was shot like, oh, you could see his muscles, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Same with Paul Mercurio, like he, he the, those tank tops were very nice. Yes, and there's certainly like a lot of montages where he's dancing um, alone in front of a mirror. And if you're looking at like when you objectify females, like that's what when usually when it is, it's like mm -hmm. that's the flash dance, like that's the best part of the movie, you know. So with men dancing alone in front of a mirror, you don't get that very often. So you I'm certainly don't. I'm gonna score pretty high. Okay. Also, also the women are like all like, like this is definitely like a male-centered movie, you know. Like, yes. Mm -hmm even though it is in ballroom dancing, like the women are really not objectified. Um, well, in, in that well, way. Well, nobody's helped with those bangs, those bangs, no. flat, well, shield. I mean, <laughs> they should sue something or something about Mary because that is the original bang. Thank that you. That is that bang, yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to so, give this for the male gaze? I'm going to give it a 95. 95. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to give it a 91. 91. <laughs> Uh, I will give it a, I'll give it a 92. 92? These are crazy. Really? I'm going to give it a 40. Wow. I mean, there are a few shots, but I think there's, uh, I don't feel the heart, the heat behind it. It just felt, I don't know. There's a couple shots here and there, but it was nothing. I know it didn't feel particularly know. horny to me. But, but, you know, it's like. I thought Fran's dad looked sexy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And, and also like. It is the male gaze, and it's all through male storytelling. Like the moms are dead or crazy, and um, it's about like the beauty of this man's dancing. So well, that's kind of true about if you take away the dancing, that's true of Rambo. And you wouldn't say Rambo is a particularly male gazy movie, just because it features men. In the story. That's most movies. <laughs> Rambo is really sweaty, isn't that's it? That's true. Well, yeah. Rambo three when he goes to Afghanistan. Oh, wow, I haven't it. seen that. He gives like, money, dude. he gives what well, he helps the Taliban in Rambo 3. That's how cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, it, that does Taliban, not hold up. Before we turned on them, were you know, they got rid of the opium trade and they made education very popular. In, Thank you for researching that, like I asked you to before this I podcast. I did do research <laughs> on that, and it's not just something that is like one of my 
half communist mother's original hot takes ever since I was a child. Well, we love her. Um, <laughs> all right, our next category, entrances with pizzazz. Huge. There's quite a few, I would say. There's tons, yeah. Baz so Lerman knows what he's doing. Why did you call this movie Shrill again? Because <laughs> I also grotesque. Because all the entrances that like there are a lot of obviously it's a dance competition, so we're getting a lot of entrances. But then like he Baz really makes a meal out of just casual entrances. For sure. Yeah. And they all involve screaming. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of screaming in this movie. I love. I think you just answered your question of why I found it shrill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the screaming. Okay. The constant no, screaming it. was annoying. Weird. And, and then the camera pushing into their face and distorting their features. <laughs> that was weird. It, it also reminded me of like Peter Jackson movies, like his early Peter Jackson movies, because he'll he would do that with his camera, get like really close and like, you know, use like the wide lenses so people's facial features distort. You know, same Kiwis. <laughs> Wait, help. Sorry, I'm ignorant. Give me, right. a, give me a Peter Jackson reference. Um, well, Heavenly Creatures. You ever seen that? Kate Winslet's first movie. Oh, oh. Nope. Oh, um, I mean. Well, that's my home Lord video. Lord of the pick. Rings and Hobbit. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yes. that guy. <laughs> Thanks for giving me that reference, John. <laughs> not no problem. <laughs> I didn't reference his student film in college. That is um, not a student <laughs> film. Thank you very much. Compared to Lord of the Rings, it might as well be. It's the mo it's the one I thought of most with for the grotesque close-ups. Like so his style gotcha. was bigger mm -hmm. back then. Gotcha, gotcha. That's so less studio. Mm -hmm. All right. So what are you going to give this for entrances with pizzazz? I think you could edit every other scene out of the movie and only have entrances, and it would still be a forty-five minute long movie. <laughs> sure. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. <laughs> uh, I will give it a. I'll give it a ninety. I think it's 90. really good. Uh, I'm gonna give it 85. I mean, the big one at the end with like uh, Scott sliding onto the floor in the final mm -hmm. dance, sliding so far. So yeah. Far. <laughs> Very funny. Poor knees. It's yeah. poor knees. Um, and like also the fake out entrance where they're on the stage trying to enter and then the whole family is pushing them back. Yeah. That that part's pretty. I mean, that's really. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our next category: dramatic lighting. How dramatic is the lighting in Strictly Ballroom? Now, this is the category I thought we're really going to score very well in. Yes. <laughs> now, you could cut out every other scene in this movie. That <laughs> if you cut out all the entrances, <laughs> what you're left with is 40 minutes of dramatic lighting. I mean, yeah, it's really, really relies on, it, it, not relies, but there's a lot of fun lighting going on. So I'm going to score it high. I'm going to give it a, God, I really, I feel... Like I've been scoring other things too high now, but I'm also going to give this a 99. 99. Yeah, I think it's very high. It, they really sort of lean into theatricality with the lighting, like all the stuff with the the dad, like dancing sort of in and out of that, the very dramatic pool of light, and um, and also just like all the stuff in the studio and like the competition. Like there's so much like fun, and also like the flashback scene, like that's really fun. And like and the dance on the roof movie. with the Coca-Cola billboard Coca during the sunset. It looks beautiful. That's great. Yeah, beautiful. There's so much uh, uh, great, wonderful. Lighting. The I'm backstage a, dance. Yes, where you could see them through the curtain. Yeah. I mean, like, really, the lighting also in the low part of the movie turns really green. And I don't know. And then, like, the mom stops wearing makeup for a second. And that's yeah. very, like, that's also some pretty intense lighting, even though it's more <laughs> subtle. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go 96. 96. 
Um, I'll go 94. It's pretty dramatic. Given an average of 96.33, that's two points higher than Armageddon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they went to an asteroid. All right. Next category, strident women. I mean, There's this Liz. movie's full of them. Now, this yeah. is the category. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have Scott's mom, Shirley Hastings. She's, uh, couldn't she be more strident. So strident, she died before the movie came out. I know, it's so sad, because she's so great. She's, I thought she was like really, really fantastic. Absolutely wonderful in this movie. And it's so sad that like, this could have led to like other things for her. It's just so sad because she, I thought she did such a great job. Sure. And Gia Carides is also in this movie. I, I know that name because I love my big fat Greek wedding and she is um, uh, one of the aunts in that movie. Oh, okay. She's the dance partner, not Tina Sparkles, but the other one, the- um, Oh yeah, yeah. Liz something, I think. Oh, Liz, yeah. the one the one who was yeah. always screaming? The yeah. screamiest yeah. one? The strident woman, number yeah, one. Yeah. Who then in the end plugs the music back in at just the right moment. Oh. oh. That. Perfect. Villains turning good. She's redeemed. Yep. She's she put the music back on. I do like the recurring. They're almost like um, a Greek chorus. The two little kids. Little kids I are great. The two little kids. They're cute. That's very camp. That's a very camp element to me for some yeah. reason. Mm. I, I couldn't say why, but I think it is. Have you guys ever done ballroom dancing? Maybe I should have asked. I have not. Or... No. Neither have I. Do you guys want to guess for me? I'm going to guess you've... you've taken some classes. I've never taken ballroom dancing classes. You've just competed. I've only <laughs> placed first nationally. <laughs> Some people are born with talent. <laughs> no, I've never done it. And I'm like pretty shocked by it. Like I have done other kinds of dancing, but I've never done, you know, the-, the Do you think you're like saving it for like when you hit your fifties? Um, yes. I'm you're going to be like, you know what? I'm finally going to give ballroom dancing a try. Well, I definitely know it's a qualification. It's definitely like on my list for if we want to be married, like you have to be okay taking ballroom dancing classes with me when we're 50. That sounds like a who? Yeah. Who wouldn't say yes to that? Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Do you bring that up on a first date? I mean, I bring up that, kids, and my mother. <laughs> you have to live with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to score Strictly Ballroom for Strident Women? Every woman in this movie is strident. I'm ooh, except for Fran. So I'm gonna give it a 94. 94. Yeah, I'm gonna go 95. 95. Uh, I'll go 94. Sure, why not? Give it an average of 94.33. Come on, right. that has to be pretty good for compared to other movies. Yeah, I could tell you exactly how that's not as good. It's <laughs> funny girl got 94.67, but it that's is better than, than Interview, Interview with a Vampire, which only had a 49. That's, that's, well, that's wrong. <laughs> There's not a lot of strident women in Interview with the Vampire, just Kirsten Dunst, really. A young Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, but she got kissed. That's and, true. And Drew Barrymore's never been kissed. So is that fair? <laughs> that doesn't seem fair to me. It seems wrong around. Please sign my petition. All right, our next category, macabre. Hey, kissed. How macabre <laughs> is Strictly Ballroom? I think actually for a ballroom movie, there's a huge yeah. qualification. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, does. if we're looking as a movie, no. If we're looking as a ballroom <laughs> movie, well, then it's a very different thing. On the scale of all ballroom movies, I think like the flashback sequence is kind of, is very macabre, and yeah. I think like there's something about like 
the cut twos, a lot of them are sort of like crazy where I like there there's definitely like some weird dark elements to the dark movie. energy. Well, there's definitely mm-hmm. a moment in the middle where if you don't know what's going to happen, you think maybe somebody might die because like stuff starts happening. Like they're talking about how um, what's his name can't win. And then the Barry Fife um, like drags raw meat across the frame. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and like there's just like little hints like that, like the the basement room with the creepy lighting and like the 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 secrets, you know, and then of course the the crazy scary mom. Um, so I'm gonna give it not the highest, but I'm gonna give it a sixty nine. Sixty nine, okay. No, I'm gonna take it. Back. <laughs> I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna give it. Um, I'll give it a fifty one. Fifty one. Uh, I actually am going to give it a 62. I do think there's like enough sort 62. of macabre elements in it that make it sort of like weird and creepy and you could go dark with it. What like do you think, Strictly Ballroom, you think, ooh, Halloween, uh, something spooky. No, it's about macabre. It's about, yeah, I think I think that whole flashback sequence and like the makeup of the dad and the mom and all them people, I think that's all very like weird. It, that feels very like almost, um, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, it feels very Tim Burton to me, exactly. Like it has a sort of weird macabre, weird spooky feel to it. To me, that was more theatrical than macabre, but not that both they can't be both. I understand. Um, I'm going to give it a 30 in macabre. When I think strictly ballroom, I do not think macabre. That's, That's just me. Oh, it's actually tied for macabre with Armageddon. Okay. That might be your competition here. Well, All right. Our next category. is a fantastic. You brought strictly ballroom to an Armageddon fight. <laughs> I, I, I'm sad about that because Armageddon is in my top five favorite movies. Okay. There you go. You contain multitudes. I do. I do. <laughs> All right, our next category. Uh, this should be a category near and dear to your heart, Ellie. Wigs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this girl loves a wig. Oh, oh my goodness. God. We I both directed her I... in sketch. That's true. We know. She just pulled up a wig out from wow. under Wow. You just plucked that wig out of thin air like that boa. Yeah. They're like Mary Poppins of wigs. Yeah, it's just there's a She's lot of on, stuff. Oh, wow. We put on a, this is the oh, first guest to don okay. a oh, wig during guest? the wigs category. <laughs> Has anybody ever picked a boa feather out of their wig? No. No. That's never. That's never happened. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of good hair play in here. Um, Tons. We have some great toupees, fantastic hairspray. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not wig stock. Um, it's <laughs> not. Sadly, it's not, you know, ballroom dancing does require to does require you to use your real hair and slick it oh, back. Is that true? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> that's the rules. Do we think that's true? No, I don't think so. True. That doesn't seem like something they would uh, care about. I would think you wouldn't want a lot of ton of hair like getting in your face or anything. Right. Like nothing. I'm, yeah, I'm sure there are rules about like keeping it out of your face, but I think as much as you want, as long as it doesn't interfere Maybe with Maybe less dance. a rule than a suggestion, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A guideline. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give this a s- eighty. Eighty. Seventy-nine. <laughs> Seventy-nine. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I think it's a very wiggy. I also think like Barry Fife's um toupee, which becomes like a comedic sort of thing at the end. Uh. So I'm gonna go eighty-five because I think like the hair is all very specific and very like. Even if it is real hair, I think there's, uh, in a lot of places, there's a lot more hair pieces than I think we are aware of. I was just thinking that. Um, I wish we were aware of them, because I'm going to give it a 75, mostly for that toupee flopping down. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Next category, quips. How quippy is Strictly Ballroom? A lot of lines making you laugh. A lot of cute little phrases, you know, uh, uh, Pam Short's broken both her legs, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I like the kids during that, like that audition sequence. She's like, a little musicality, please. Please, you yes. Know. Yeah. The kids were a little quippy. The kids are quippy. Um, and then the mom has some great one-liners that are way dated. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not Heather's. <laughs> That's true. I don't know if you guys noticed. I did notice that, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I was 40 minutes in. I was like, where's Winona Ryder? <laughs> wait, nobody's done Heather's on your show? No. Nope. Well, note taken. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say this is I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is a 69 actually. 69. Okay, Ellie. <laughs> I get it. You came here to in... spread your filth. To yeah, get, I did. To come here with some shock value. You're goddamn right. It's a Ken What's His Name's dance number too, which I love. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's not that quippy. Although I just enjoy everything they said because it had an Australian accent. So I'm gonna go 65. 65, pretty good for being not that quippy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give it a 40. I have you to say, I am not mad at all. You kidding? I love being on man out. This is my ideal situation. Um, <laughs> I just get to tell people why they're wrong. Please, I'm in heaven. Um, I'm going to give it a 35. I think I chuckled once. And actually, I usually keep right down funny things they say when Look I watch these line, movies. Yeah. I didn't write anything down for this. Okay. I think you're right. A bit of musicality, please, is the best line. Yeah. All right. Next category, vibrato. So vibrato, of course, in addition to just the literal meaning of vocal vibrato, but anytime there's something extra or zhuzhi or sort of like, they take it, they give you a little more than maybe you need, but you'll like it. I mean, that's the entire movie, I would say. That is pretty much the entire movie, I would say. I would say. Except I would say they're going so far, like it's turned up to 11, that now we're getting feedback and it hurts the ears. Mm. And see, and I would say, um, I didn't have anything to say. I just wanted to say Fair that. enough. <laughs> it was a good setup. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, yeah, like if you, it's, well, it's not a stars part. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No one actually, no one actually sings in the world of this movie. So, That's yes, true. but um, what's her name? I'm forgetting all their names right now. The the main female, Pam. Fran. 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 I've seen this movie ten times, and I never. I, don't <laughs> I remember Tina Sparkles. Um, Fran actually is singing time after time. Correct. That yeah. song's that all, her cover is terrible. Am I crazy? I disagree. I think it's sweet. I thought it's so bland. I like it a lot. It sounds like it sounds like easy listening. It like I ugh. like the arrangement of. I think the arrangement of it's very sweet and simple. I thought it was I dreadful. Think it works for that scene, and it's always surprising to me that she was doing it because it's kind of like why, but mm -hmm. um, but it's also pretty ballsy to um, to just kind of like do a Cindy Lauper song and not. <laughs> I mean, this proves that. Yeah, to me, this mm -hmm. proves that. So you're right. Um, so I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a 98 degrees and rising. 98. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a. I'll give it a 97, just because no one actually sings. Mm. Fair. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, this is pretty. It is pitched. So I'll give it a 95. Okay. All right, you're going to do very well in this next category. I feel like this is the last of the canon categories. Footwork. 
How would you rate the oh. footwork in Tricky Ballroom? Thought about this one. It's yeah. it's mostly footwork. It's all yeah, constant footwork and entrance. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm and it's also like about footwork. It's about like not doing steps or doing steps. Like it's not just an artistic thing. It's like literally like, oh, this is about what your feet can new do. steps, new steps, new steps, new steps. New steps. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're right, John. So I'm gonna—I was gonna give it like a kind of a cat, like not thinking about it casual in the '90s, but I'm gonna go for a hundred. <laughs> yeah, 100. you have to go hundred. You yeah. gotta go hundred for this movie. So it's John, a dance movie. So what are we doing if we're not doing that? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it a twenty-five. No, I'm just kidding. 100. What? A hundred. <laughs> <laughs> giving it a hundred. It's tied 25? with five. Tied with Bring It On. Okay. And Funny Girl. Wow, Up at Armageddon for footwork only got sixty four point sixty seven. Why did they have that the hallway where they all walk down that hallway? Is it a hallway? Oh, you know, being on like, an asteroid. Oh, and then the little animal crackers' feet are galloping. That's yes, cute. That's, that's good footwork. Yeah. All right. So now we're into the wheel category. These are other guests' categories that are neither canon nor bonus. Yeah. yeah. Think of them as also rants or not as good. Mm -hmm. Oh, solo bedroom dancing. Is there any solo bedroom dancing? We never see a bedroom. I think. Yeah, I don't think we ever see either. But the he's like bedroom. He's in the dance space the studio. It does we kind of have the spirit of solo bedroom dancing, I would mm -hmm. say. But it's not. Yeah. Oh, what about the dad? What about the dad? Yeah. Does he dance like, in his bedroom? But is I mean, like he's watching footage in the in the. I mean, if you think like they own a dance studio, that is their home. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like. like kind of relegated to the basement and that's where he dances. And so like, that's his bedroom. Couldn't you do that? Couldn't you make that you argument? You could say that, yeah. Are you making that <laughs> argument? Is that your? I think I'm gonna make it. I think I'm gonna make that argument. Okay, argument noted. <laughs> the argument has been made. Minutes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shirley, can you give that back to us? Thanks. <laughs> so um, if you had to give that a number, what would you say? 20. 20. It's not, I think this is a very, actually, I've listened to this episode. I know where it's coming from. And um, I think nobody really like, because actually what I want to say about this question is I think that there's something that it's missing. Um, I think it needs to be dancing in a bedroom, specifically on a bed, probably wearing white underwear. That is very specific. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Why the white underwear? Because like purity, innocence? It just Mormons? happens a lot it just is like but I think she did the white underwear. Like Cameron Diaz did it, like, and she's done it many times. But then that would negate uh, the iconic bedroom dance scene from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyone he's in that his jeans. Right. Uh, okay, well, I see, I see, yeah. And then, yeah, I see how this, <laughs> I see how this works. All right. John, what are you going to give us for solo bedroom dancing? I think, uh, as I said, when this category was pitched, I was going to be a little looser with it. And the fact that you like loose a with a category, this is news. And, and me and like the fact that like it's it's by bedroom, I'm thinking more of like a very like personal private moment. Like it's like a very vulnerable, like you feel safe. You feel like this is your space and you're like dancing out your feelings, your emotions and stuff like that. So, yes, it is not a literal bedroom, but it is like uh emotionally it is a bedroom and i think that that solo is is very moving and dramatic so i'm gonna give it a 90. 90. i would, I I would like to change jerseys and also <laughs> say 
say that it's a nine. All right. Um, now that my 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 white underwear theory has been disproven. <laughs> Thank you. I believe "Emotional Bedrooms" was a Sting album. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it an eighty because it does have the spirit of uh, solo bedroom dancing, but I need to have somewhere to go if when there's actual solo bedroom dancing. That's true. All right. Wheel category number two. He's spinning solo bedroom dancing brought to us by the Bring It On episode. You know that oh. the Fran store is not a real store? Yeah, we read the IMDb yeah. trivia too. Yeah, right? I read it. I read that. <laughs> I was trying to fill time while John spoke. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, the category we have is tan. Oh! I yeah. feel like John is skewing these. No. <laughs> How tan is Strictly Ballroom? I mean, you got Barry Fife right there. That just sort of like ridiculous yeah. tan. And a lot of them have a lot of like very like distinctive. Like this is a movie that it, it, there's a lot of tan going on. A lot of tan. It's calling attention to itself. Yes. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of ironic tan, unironic tan. There's a lot of different tan styles going on. Um, Barry Fife <laughs> is the original tan man and that's what they um, say yeah that's what we call that's what we've all been calling him <laughs> for years and um our president can move over and, thank you thank mm -hmm. you not my president Ooh, that'll hurt but, yeah i think he's really gonna be mad about that <laughs> so i'm gonna have to score that high and say yeah it's definitely like 98 degrees in Thailand. 98 <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give it uh uh an 84 84. Um, I think this is pretty tan. I'm going to give it a 90. Give it an average of 90.67. All right. Spin that wheel again. Tan brought to us from Ryan Sanger and the return, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. Okay, you're going to think I'm lying. But now? It Ballroom is... dancing? No. <laughs> no legendary billboard. Are you serious, Sean? Sign. I'm totally serious. That's what's come up. Let that Coca-Cola billboard is great. It's you're iconic. Not, you're not showing us the uh, wheel at all. Oh, oh. We're just meant to take your word for it. <laughs> can you can you see that? Is that no. the idea? When I when I do that movie challenge once a year, where they're like, post one still from a movie that you think is cool or whatever oh, that. Thing I love is. annual movie <laughs> challenge time. I know. Right? That time of year, favorite time everybody. of year. Low in the news. Maybe we won't get one this year. But Fair next enough. year, we could have several. So I think, like, it's always that billboard, and I love that billboard very much. I'm not a fan of Coca Cola, but God, maybe really? that's only branding. I'm drinking a Coke life. Zero right now. Well, that's your choice. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the only like that's some that and the Truman Show. Those are, that's my favorite <laughs> branding in a film. So I'm I'm gonna give it iconic billboard. I'll. I'll give it a 90. 90. Yeah, I'm going to go 92. I just think it's like, it, it's so unique. It's, it's like, it's weirdly because it is like Coca-Cola, but then it, it, how it's made because it's those weird little like shiny pieces that it sort of like makes it pop a little bit more. So yeah, so for me, 92. Like a sparklets truck. Sparklets. Exactly. Yes, just like that. Uh, I'm going to give it a 90, give it an average of 90.67. Spinning again, John. I'm sure it'll be what? Australian, Paul Mercurio films, Baz I mean, Luhrmann films. You guys read that thing on the on the IMDb that like Coca-Cola was like, okay, we'll pay for some of 
this. Right. <laughs> they didn't pay for all of it. And there's also a scene that I wonder if there's because there was a scene where somebody like stopped dancing and they were immediately handed two cans of Coke. I'm like, is that what oh, you yeah, want? When they came right? <laughs> right when you just like did a physical exertion, it's like a room temp Coca-Cola. Actually, what I want is a Coke with some Mentos in it. Perfect. maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll settle your stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put that right in there. And then I just let it shoot like a science experiment right into my face. And that's oh. the only way to hydrate after exercise. <laughs> you save it for jackass, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> What's our next category, John? It is, you gave it to me. Which is, you know, just like, uh, you set me up for this and uh, you really, you delivered on the premise, the promise of your premise. Okay, so like the movie really did its thing. That's how I interpret this category. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the way I rate movies in general, by the way. Okay. That's fair. On its own terms, not, how, not what you want, but what it wanted to do. Right. What it was trying to do here. Yeah. yeah, did they set out what they tried to do? Yeah, yeah. Did they set out what they tried to do? Um, yes. So I think uh, obviously this movie was incredibly successful um who was it doris day from the imdb thing requested yes. a private screening yeah and she doesn't really? do that for very many movies mm -mm. no i think <laughs> famously this, famously this was the only one she did that for um like yeah why was that trivia that was weird to me anyway <laughs> right isn't she living on an animal farm or something she that's that would fit that sheep yeah. probably and baby goats um, they love ballroom use um, yes, you it, gave it to me. You gave it to me, and because this movie was um, so successful for Baz Luhrmann, that the very next movie he directed was with Leonardo DiCaprio and and um, and Claire uh, Danes. Like they were just like, here, we're going to hand you the biggest stars of the '90s because Strictly Ballroom was so successful, and that was mm -hmm. his first movie. I'm going to go ahead and give him a hundred because he did. Great. Give it to me. Yeah, I think you. he really. He did. Uh, yeah, I think it's sort of it. It it uh, to me feels a very satisfying movie that sort of like fulfills itself, and it's sort of yes, it's cheesy, yes, it's and I totally I understand what you're saying, Mark, about it being like a little hollow and a little stuff like that, because like even like the last moment of the film where like the hero has to like believe in himself one more time. Watching it this time, I was like, what is his actual final moment there? Who knows? But it's what we needed, and then he did that weird, sexy little Tori adorable dance. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'll give it a ninety six. 96. You gave it to me, and I hope you kept the receipt. Because um, I don't want it. I'm giving it a 20. It did set out what it tried to do, but I don't want that. It's not you gave it, you did what you set out to do. The category is you gave it to me. And to me, and you didn't get I don't it. want it. We know it's not what I'm looking for. It's like <laughs> fried oysters or something. Wait, what? I don't want that. You don't like deep fried oysters? Have you ever had them on a sandwich with mayonnaise and Tabasco and lemon? Absolutely not. I think that would really change your opinion because I don't I love deep fried it. oysters, but a po' boy is something very special. Is that oysters or shrimp? It, it depends. It could be a oh. shrimp. Oyster. I'll make one for you. Great. I'll never, I'll never do that. <laughs> the pressure's oh on. <laughs> imagine, imagine. That was mean, Ellie. That was really mean of you. No, no, it was just true to myself. I, if I, if I, I, you know, if I were someone different, I would make it for you. But the fact is, I want to make it for you. And I'll, I know I'll never do it. I appreciate that. Mm, thank you. All right, Ellie, the time has come for you to add a category that 
could become canon, but in the meantime, will be added to the wheel. So is there a category we can use for this movie and future movies to judge how gay they how are? How gay it is. As a prism. I thought for a second, maybe unnecessary branding. I thought maybe like hairspray use, but these are all kind of things that we've talked about already. Sure. So I think I'm going to go with bad Photoshop. Oh. <laughs> Photoshop, okay. You know, yeah. score well in this uh, book club. Did you see sure. book club? Yes. Sure. Insane photo. Why are movies so bad at Photoshop? They have thousands of, it feels like it's like the last thing they do when they're making these movies. And somehow it's like the newer movies are the worst ones. Absolutely. They look awful. And it's we, so funny every time you see it. Are we using a different program and we're not using Photoshop anymore? Because just use Photoshop. It seems to work. It feels like they're doing it the day of the shoot. Like, we need that photo. And then the, the art person's like, uh, uh. Hold on. Like, I have rubber cement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what would you give Strictly Ballroom for bad Photoshop? Well, I mean, it's funny that I made this category because I'm actually only going to give it a 20%. <laughs> what is, is the, where do you think is the, the uh, glaring... There's bad photoshop one, there's one photo at the end where like yes. it's like in the photo album and it's like the two parents dancing and okay just like i don't know what happened with um barry otto's face <laughs> father of miranda otto oh course. in lord of the rings she's in lord of the rings wow um, i am no man slice that's a deep cut so to speak yeah. all right i'll stop <laughs> So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it a twenty. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. 20. John, what are you gonna give Strictly Ballroom for? Uh, bad I guess I'll Photoshop? do. I thought I have to say I was underwhelmed by like the the newspaper headlines. They did. They seemed very like. Uh, but not... wasn't that like appropriate for a ballroom newsletter though? You know what I mean? Like I did think a ballroom newsletter would look cheap. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, wow. That. Are you, next, you're gonna say ballroom isn't a sport. <laughs> well, <laughs> not when you got curling. <laughs> or holy moly what's that <laughs> that's the abc uh it's like a miniature golf show meets wipeout oh yeah 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 it's it, if you like seeing people fall into water it's the hey, perfect show. do you guys do the three of us should we all go on the floor is lava when casting comes back up next absolutely right. sure i think i would do well i might be insane but like <laughs> i think maybe that's what that show is you think like that doesn't look that hard and then i'm sure it's totally. very hard to hang off supporting your body weight hang on you know it's sure, all yeah. about yeah. what you're willing to sacrifice your body right for you know and yeah. like mm -hmm. you know i'm ready to do that i believe you'd sure, be yeah, a great yeah. team uh, you know. you'd be great yeah john's beard John, they'll be no. getting caught in that cargo net oh <laughs> Know that the our um John John was my director on a sketch team for a long time and John do you know that our last show when I did that character do you know that I was sick with COVID before? That was what you had. I remember you were really? like very sick and there was this like oh we hope Ellie's going to be able to make the show because it's not I didn't realize that's so crazy. Do you remember how oh. when I came to rehearsal that one time I was like I'm sorry I'm just like really out of breath. <laughs> so you were yeah, spreading I yelled at you. I was like so angry at you. And you're like spreading it everywhere and John wow. was like, oh, yeah. oh now I wonder if I have had it and just was like we got to get the okay antibodies test you got to get that test but they say there's a study out that says even if you have the, the antibodies may only last for three months yeah. it doesn't mean it, so you can still get it again oh so it's not like I can get it I'm oh, gotcha. totally pretending I've never had it that's smart yeah, yeah. John yeah, what are you going to get strictly ballroom for bad photoshop what I'll give it 25 25 uh, I'll trust Ellie and give it a 20 Giving it a 21.67.
All right, now we are into the bonus round category. So this is where um, the movie will not be penalized for not having, um, not meaning these, but it'll only be bonus points. Instead of zero to 100 yes. points, we're going to score it on zero to 5%. I think it's weird you say penalized, not penalized. I don't know what the right, I say, I could barely say mirror. So. It's a good word. Penalized? Penalized. Penalized feels very southern to me. Uh, He's been penalized. He's been penalized. Say, I will yeah. not penalize you. When you say it with a southern accent, I actually do like penalized. He's been penalized me like too. a dog in the street. <laughs> All right. Next, our first bonus category makeover montage on zero to 5%. Yeah, five. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Bill. Yeah. I would say five. There's a ton. There's like the dance montage to time after time. Um, Brand gets Scott multiple ones. She gets a beautiful one. There's Scott learning like the beautiful. Spanish rhythm, and like when that, like the first time we see that that uh, bolero jacket. There's a lot of uh, makeover montages in this movie. There are a lot of makeover montages. I'm also going to give it a five. All right, next category: angry phone hangups. There's one. There's one which I think was Barry pretty Fife. like bold, like Barry Fife, and he's like, "There's no new steps for the Pan Pacific Grand Prix," and then he hangs up the phone, and then you see that like he's in the middle of having sex with that woman, that poor yeah. woman. That poor, poor woman. We never probably learn her name, but that's fine. Neither did he, probably. Mm -mm. So, like, that's a pretty, like, big one for me. There's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Category is hang-ups. Hang-ups. <laughs> fine. I'll give it a big one. A one. Oh, I'm going to give it a three. I think it's so big. And just the a fact that like, it's in the middle of a sex act, I think, is very funny. A sex act. I'm going <laughs> to give it a two. Shit, I rated it so low. <laughs> you can change it if you want to. I've already been doing that so much. <laughs> Next category. <laughs> Titular theme song. Is there a song called Strictly Ballroom happening? I don't think so. There isn't a song, but Barry Fife does at one point say his steps were not always Strictly Ballroom. And he, he sort of like leans it. into it. He doesn't sing it, but he does say the title. Like uh, and maybe like there was musicality, a bit of musicality. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, so that Australian accent, like that that lilt, if you will. So I think like, one reason why it. I hate the music and like the ballroom music, I just hate for whatever. Like even when I've seen Dancing with the Stars, whatever that genre of music is, mm -hmm. it yeah. just feels like nursing home music to me. Well, it's not jazz. It's not jazz for that. I learned that from La La Land. Thank you. Uh, I would say, yeah, it probably tends to be more like big band swing than jazz. Ooh. Swing. It's a snoozer for me. Yeah. So there is no actual titular theme song. They say the But title. I mean, like the big songs, I mean, like the big, but the big songs I would say are both time after time and love is in the air. You know what I mean? Like when I hear love is in the air, I do think of this movie. Uh, what is that song that they have with the really tender moment? Am I going to get this question, by the way? Huh? Uh, one of your questions is like a, a feel good moment, like with a song that puts you in the a feel song. Yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. So, secrets. <laughs> no, yeah, there is no titular theme song. I'm going to be straight about it. There is no titular theme song. I'm going to give it a half point because you can the do that. For some reason does sing time after time, but I'll give it a point. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a one. A one, I'm gonna give it a zero. Okay. Mock. All right. Next category, fun fonts. How are the fonts in Strictly Ballroom? There's a ton. There's, There's a, a ton, ton of fun fonts in this movie. 
the cursive of the poster, the name alone, you know, there are mm -hmm. a bunch of spots with glitter block writing behind people's heads. Yeah, um, a lot of signs. It's like even the basic, like what appears to be Times New Roman is somehow like maybe Australian Times New Roman. Mm -hmm. And it's slightly, maybe it's spinning the other way. And I like that. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and give this weird category the five. A five. Uh, I'll give it a three. A three. Wasn't that fun for John? John, you um, didn't have fun? <laughs> fun, but it's more about the feet than the fonts. True. <laughs> Not the font work. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was pretty fun, especially in that flashback scene, all the, the stage-like signs. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Were pretty fun. All right, next category, cheer-worthy cameos. Well, I know the director has a cameo, but I did not notice him. It's oh, I didn't know that. Fast. Yeah, I never, ca I like pretty much miss it every time. Yeah. Um, and then I think like for me, it's cool that Gia Carides is in it because I love cousin Nikki from my Big Fat Creek Wedding. As I've Who is mentioned. she in this? Cousin Nikki and she's the, she's um, the main girl. What's her name? The blonde woman. No, the- Liz. <laughs> Yeah. Did you do that face? I knew. <laughs> I knew who you yeah. meant. <laughs> um, yeah. That's uh, not really a cameo. She's in yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Sure, but we love to see an Australian. We love it when Australian actresses cross over. So God, thank God for Margot Robbie. Thank mm -hmm. God for Margot Robbie and all of them. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Of heard of her? Mm -hmm. Tony Collette. Correct. Tony Collette. Also surprised nobody's ever done Muriel's wedding for your for your pod. I've never seen that. Oh, oh that's a fun one. Oh, I mean, I it's a weird one, yeah. I would recommend that 100%. I would give that a full 100 recommend. More than Strictly Ballroom? Yeah. There's our barometer. <laughs> All right, great. Okay. System works. So what are you going to give this for <laughs> cheerworthy cameos? I'll give it a 0.5. A 0.5 based on? I don't want it to give, I don't want to give it a zero. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to go zero. I don't, there's no one zero. who like, only appeared in one thing. I too will like, give it a zero. Even like nobody ever comes, like none of the actors ever really, we don't know them uh, as an American <laughs> like audience. This whole movie is a cameo for some of them. Yeah, like, right? Right. There are sure. all the, the, the dad is a famous flamenco dancer. Oh, oh that makes sense. Our next bonus category pool trouble. You know, for being in Australia, you'd think this would be with thick with pools. Mm -hmm. It's not wild things. This is not wild things. That's <laughs> the first, as soon as I started this movie, I was like, wait a minute, this is not Hold wild on. things. And you know, yeah. And then you're like, and then, it, then you're like, and it's not Heather's either. Not Heather's. What is this movie? Something Australian. There are pools of light. There's a pools lot of spotlight of light. work. And there's a lot of like trouble about like the dancing that goes on in those pools of light. That was really good, you guys. I mean, we know how We've to do this for a while. That was, yeah, that was a last stain. I'm not saying this is a five, but yeah. You know. Well, just for the the pool, just for the pools of light, for the spotlight, um, and also I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a point five for the fact that at the beginning Fran is crushing salt in the ground to get rid of the sweat pools. Oh, so no one no one would trip and fall. No one would trip and fall. Wow. And that would be pool trouble. It would be, but it didn't happen. But it didn't happen. So I'll give it a one. A one. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a 1.5. A 1.5. A rare 1.5. <laughs> um, I'll give it a one. All right, next category. Sassy best friend. Does Paul have a best friend? 
No, he kind of I mean, has any friends. Wayne. He has Wayne. Who's Wayne? The redheaded guy? Won't do the bogo pogo. Yeah. That's like his best friend. They didn't seem very uh, I think the little kids, again, the young kids, uh, a little musicality, please. Like that sassy little. And they're best friends to each other, I guess you would mm-hmm. say. I also think that like, yeah, he doesn't, Paul doesn't have any friends. He hates Wayne. And then eventually he like. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think he hates Wayne. He's just, he and Wayne are just not in the same guide vibe, you know? Yeah. They've always like been pushed together. They were like, take baths together when they were kids and stuff. And it's like, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're adults. Um, for the most- <laughs> they've practiced the Bogo Pogo step before is what you're saying. I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Where's that saying? <laughs> but I think that like Paul goes and he meets his best friend, which turns out to be Fran's father. And so, and, and he is sassy. And am I stretching? It's okay. You have to stretch if you want to dance. That's what I've heard. <laughs> That's true. Day one on a date with Ellie. <laughs> I'll give it a full point five. <laughs> a full point five. Great. Uh, I'll give it a two. I think the kids are really sassy. And I think of the other like dancers, there's a lot of like, pick a little talk, a little sassiness going on. So yeah. I'm going to give it a one. I think it's just those kids. All right. All right. Next category, a bold lip. Yeah. I mean, anytime they're dancing, they got a bold lip. Well, especially that flashback, Dan and the flashback mm-hmm. almost looks like the Joker. I mean, a bold lip, like men wear makeup in this movie. Everybody's doing a bold lot of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give, it a, I'll give a bold lip a 4.5, actually. 4.5. No, we don't have her, like, really featured only the lip. And that's right. why I point off. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 4.5 as well. I think the lips are all, but there's not, like, that iconic lip, lip but there is, like, throughout just boldness. Sure, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Right, because it's not Rocky Horror. This is not Rocky Horror. This is not Heather's. (laughs) This is not, I forgot what the third one was. No, it's actually, I think I've like done it like 10 times. I've only been able to talk in rhyme and um, do callbacks for this. That's what you're being very productive. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, our next category, witches. How witchy is Strictly Ballroom? I think Fran's. Uh, Yaya, her grandmother. There's something a little like spirituality, like there's well, something Catholic. like a little bigger. Um, you know what I mean? And just the fact that she's like, oh, I brought this dress just in case. You know what I mean? Like there's something about her like just having magical powers or having the foresight to be like, oh, this is, you know, or even to like intuit like when Fran first is like, oh, I'll be right back. And she's like, I know what you're doing. You know, like, so like- I know what you're doing. Exactly, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's, she's making meatballs when, she's, when she doesn't say it, but you know, there's something Classic about her witch. that she's like, she's like on a different wavelength. Uh-huh. I also just think that like Fran is extremely witchy and the fact that she discovers her power, uh, was about to do It's Not Another, but yeah. Well, it's not another, te- <laughs> it's, not, it's not Teen Witch. This is not right? Teen Witch. But, it's not Teen Witch. It's but, not Heather's. She does discover her power. And like there is that moment at the end where um what's his name decides to dance with Tina Sparkle instead of her. And mm-hmm. then they have that moment where he looks over to her as if to say, Surely you understand what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. don't you get that I had to do this and will you forgive me? And it's all unspoken communication, sure. you know. Um, and then she looks at him and she kind of says, like, no we were in this together and it's all unspoken and it's a, it's a very witchy moment because she stands up for herself without saying anything. All so right. I'll, I'll give it a um, three. Three. I'm going to give it a two. 
I'm going to complete this pattern and give it a one. Oh. I didn't think no. it was that one. Just for the Catholic grandma. <laughs> All right, next category. How Korean is it? How Korean is Strictly I Ballroom? I don't think I it's very Korean. I not any Koreans in Australia. Nope. Yeah. I actually knew this was a question, so I Googled the, pop, the Korean population <laughs> in Australia. But either way, they're really not. They were not Korean. represented. Not no. represented in this film, so I'm going to give it a zero. Zero. I'll give it a zero as well. Zero. I will also give it a zero. You might make up some points here. Felt. How much oh. felt is in this movie? Yep. There actually is a yeah. very important felt moment. And mm -hmm. it's Go on. The flag, the pinnacle of the Yes. Movie. Yep. Thank you, John. Yep. yep. <laughs> I saw oh it and I was like, bing, 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 bing. Thank God. Yeah, there's a moment where like, it's like, it's like one of those weird pendants where it's like, oh, this was the prize and I've saved this for it. And it's like, a, it's like, it is like 100%. <laughs> Your Honor, Exhibit A for Felt, this pendant. Oh, yeah. I keep calling it a pinnacle, but it's a pendant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's and also just like pinnacle of the movie for me. Mm -hmm. And that's how important that felt was. Sure. So, so I'll give it a, a four. Four. Uh, I'll give it a 4.5 because I think also like felt is used a lot in the costumes, a lot in like that flashback sequence. I bet a lot of stuff is made out of sort of like weird felty materials. So, yeah, 4.5 for me. I'll give it a four. All right, next category, gay actors playing gay roles. Well, well the we only role that we sort of know is gay is less. And, we and I couldn't find any information about that actor. Well, so if so you had to translate I, that. I'm gonna give it a zero, sorry. A zero. Yeah, I have to give it a zero as well. Yeah. As will I. All right, maybe this time you'll make up some. I'm being very honest. Being very honest. Themes of mothers. Well, we got a classic oh. stage mother situation. Yeah, the stage here. mother situation. Also, there's that moment the where Yaya said to Fran, uh, "Your mother could wear a potato sack and light up a stage." She would have been so proud of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the mother is the first person to say anything, and it is a scream. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like the mother is the villain. Um, she chooses, you know less over her husband and she should have stuck with her man mm. um so i'm gonna go ahead and give it a five because she, yeah five yeah i'll give it a five as well i think like the i don't think the mother is the villain necessarily so much as she's a villainess because she's as much of a victim of the whole like we have to follow the rules but like yeah there's a whole lot of how could you do this to us um after all we've done. So yeah, I think there's a lot of a mother themes going on in this movie. I'm gonna give it a four because it's essentially not really her story. So giving it gotcha, a four. Gotcha. All right, next category. Is there a song that puts you in your feels? Yes, the, oh, crap, what is it? It's like maybe, 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 probably. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, Doris Day singing, which is why she asked for a private screening. Oh, oh now it makes oh, sense. Oh, Where was this oh, fact 20 minutes ago? Thank you. I thought you knew. I, I didn't put it together. Um, I didn't yeah. think I needed to tell you that that was Doris Day. This isn't pillow talk. <laughs> I love that part. They're behind the curtain. They're having that really pure eye contact. Mm -hmm. um, I think Time After Time puts you in your feels. And also I think The End, Love is in the Air. I think that's a very sweet song that can make me tear up. Yep, I agree. I agree. Mark, <laughs> your your eye roll was very loud. Um, <laughs> Everybody saw, heard that. Sorry. Uh, Check your speakers. It's not, well, wow, I was just about to do it again. I'm going to say I'll give it a four. 
A four. I will give it a four as well. A four. I've given it a zero. I hate that cover of Time After Time. <laughs> I, so crazy. Love is in the air. You don't think that's sweet? It's fine. It just sounds like the love very, boat to me. It sounds this like... is a very subjective question. Absolutely. This, mm, this sure. is a subjective question, <laughs> well, no, which is are... like hard facts. Those are hard. That's a hard science question. <laughs> well, we're all about the hard science here. Yeah. All right. Next category, gossip. How gossipy is Strictly Ballroom? It's pretty gossipy, it's I would say. It's very gossipy, yeah. That's gossip, you would say a lot during this movie. Very gossipy. The little kids talking, there's a lot of like whispers in the air shots. Tina Sparkles, yeah, like, what's going I on heard with Scott Tina Sparkles? This. Uh, these people are dancing, or auditioning, and da-da-da. And like, yeah, he doesn't care about winning the Pan Pacific Grand Prix. You yeah, know who was cute in this movie was Tina Sparkles' partner who was retiring. But then I oh, couldn't Nathan find- Nathan Starkey. I couldn't find who, he wasn't in the IMDb anywhere. Why did you know that name, Dom? Because it is the name of a comedian name? as well. And oh, so when okay. they said his name, I went, oh my goodness, that's that person. <laughs> okay. I know it is, it would be a weird character because it is, he no, never no. even says anything. He but to be like aware of like, that's who that character's name is. I was oh, like, is my memory that bad? <laughs> but probably. So what would you give this for gossip? I'm going to give it a full five because like five. Also, not only is it the turning point of the movie, but it's also like at the end, they try and lie to him. They give him fake gossip and then he finds out the truth. It's yeah. all whisper mill. No, I'm going to take it. I'm going to say 4.5. 4.5. 4. Uh, I will, st I will say five myself because I think, yes, there's a lot of gossip, but also I feel like it is the fear of gossip that like drives a lot of people. And that sort of like that fear of that, the, the, the sort of backlash that, um, is what makes people make a lot of the choices that they make. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to full five on this. I think gossip is a very pervasive element of this movie. I too will give it a five. Wow. I can't believe I backed down. You can go back to five, Ellie. Let's do it. Let's do it. For an uh, average up. Five. Five. 72.97. All right. Finally, this is an all or nothing category. Positive 15% if Strictly Ballroom has a positive portrayal of homosexuality. Well, I don't think we can say it yeah. does. It doesn't really portray homosexuality, which again is surprising given the world that we are in. Yes. If I wanted to make an argument, I could say the first thing you see is men high-fiving each other. And, and as we know- <laughs> There's nothing more homosexual than that. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. <laughs> They're doing it on a silk screen. I mean, <laughs> No, but yeah, I, I I can't in good faith give this the endorsement. Fair enough. Yeah, I think we are all agreed that this unfortunately does not get the positive portrayal of homosexuality bonus. Do you think if this movie had been made in America? I think it was made today, it maybe would have. Yeah. Have a gay element to it. But maybe ballroom dancing is like not, like can men dance together in ballroom dancing? Didn't they on, they did that on Dancing with the Stars, I think. I think they've done that. Oh, oh yeah, what's his name there? Love no Simon? Did Love Simon <laughs> dance with Love Victor? We did it. Love Simon. <laughs> Love Simon. And then finally, negative 50% if this is the movie Boat Trip. This is not the movie Boat Trip, so it will not lose 50% of its points. You know what? This isn't the movie Boat Trip. This isn't the <laughs> no. movie Boat Trip. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, Hold again, on. It's not, you know, Teen Witch. It's not Boat Trip. Teen Witch, that was it. Mm. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, how do you think you did? I think I did really well. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, well, Mark, tell us how we did. 
think I did better than I thought I was going to do. Well, you had some help from the sketchy wheel. So uh, out of a total possible 2,530.22 points, Strictly Ballroom has scored 1,989.56, giving it a percentage of 78.63, making it the third gayest oh. movie ever. Not as gay as Grease 2, but gayer than Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ellie, congratulations. <laughs> you came within striking distance. Of yeah. I, I'm like. The top three. That's pretty good. That's pretty great. You got a bronze medal. I'm feeling fantastic. I'm like full of adrenaline right now. <laughs> Wonderful. That's, and you know, what more can we ask for in this day and age? Nope. Nothing less. Nothing less. Nothing more. Well, less is more. Hmm. That's what they say. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for you did it. You yes, Ellie, congratulations. This was your goal. You did I it. I, I hope you feel good. You should feel good about yourself. I'm a really big fan. I really <laughs> am happy that um, of you two, and I'm really happy <laughs> that um, I came in with a movie that I loved, and I was, and then I was worried that it wasn't going to be good enough, and now here we are. <laughs> and exactly. now here we are, top three. We are. Well, is there anything you'd like to plug, promote, or shill yeah. for at this time? Yes. Um, there's a new show out on Facebook starring Miss Kiki Palmer, and I haven't seen it yet, but I think it's going to be really great. It come, came out on 720. Check that out. And then, um, you know. Does it have a name? Um, it's called Turned Up with the Taylors. Turned Up with and the Taylors. Just in general, I would just say, like, I want to plug all the Twitters that are talking and explaining about defunding the police better. Uh, you know, just instead of plugging my Twitter, I would encourage you to diversify your media. Do you have any recommendations? Mm -hmm. Well, you got to follow um, the the, uh, the three women who created the Black Lives Matter movement. Great. Or depending on your, your point of view. And then um, I'm really into um, plants. Like, I love plants. And there are a number of um, Black botanists that are rising to... Um, Very cool. Wow. ...prominence on Instagram. So if you follow the hashtag Black Botany, you'll find some great people. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ellie. You were a true delight. So nice to connect with you over yes. a very divisive movie. <laughs> I don't think it's divisive. It's uh, <laughs> the most controversial movie we've seen in years. Is going to be okay? I'm great. I feel energized. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to paint the house. Yeah. I just also want to say one thing. Um, my computer hasn't been plugged in, and I am at 2% battery power right now. So great. Okay. All great. right. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll be, be right back. back. We're back. Wow, that was great. So exciting. That was fun. Thank God I was there to hold back the tide. <laughs> I'm sad. It honestly is sad to me that I I mean I get that you don't like it and I don't think you're ridiculous, but it it, it this movie does weirdly bring me so much joy that it is sad to me. I'm that, happy like, for you. I I'm not saying you're not happy and I'm not saying you're being mean or like you're being ridiculous. I think you just don't like it, but it is it's one of those things where like I find so much of it as absurd as it is, so much of it so joyful that it I I I wish you could experience joy, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's either if you don't experience joy through Strictly Bomb, you don't get it anywhere It doesn't really else. happen. That's what yeah, they yeah, say. there's no way. It's not, it's not as good. Everyone sort of acknowledges Like, I that. can't even say I think it's a bad, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. Mm -hmm. It's just Do you like Baz Luhrmann as a director in general, do you think? I do. I love, like, Moulin Rouge. Mm -hmm. um, 
mostly because like the music is so amazing. I love the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's great. It is a lot of fun. Um, and that, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I do. I guess what else? I haven't seen Romeo and Juliet. I did not like Australia, and I think it's really he did the Great um, Gatsby. Okay, <laughs> Great Gatsby. I thought, uh, like the set pieces were impressive, but when it was like a scene with just two or three people, it was like he he was. You could tell he wasn't as interested. He in was that. bored, but yeah. he's working. There's shooting this uh, an Elvis biopic right okay. now, which should be fun with Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker, okay. which I'm very excited to see his take on like Americana. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I he's think not that, undeniably sort of, talented. I just he hasn't necessarily made a million movies I love. Gotcha, gotcha. He's yeah, no I think Paul his, Verhoeven. His, <laughs> his instinct for excess, I think, will will uh, fits along with Elvis well. I think, especially if it's that seventies period. Oh, I mean, show that. us that seventies period. That's all I don't uh, care about. Sun Records, Dusty. <laughs> Give me the glitz and glamour and bloated. Uh, 70s I want a peanut Vegas. butter and banana sandwich. Yes, uh, I want to shoot a TV. Mm. Um. Well, speaking of speaking shooting of TVs, emails, maybe. there we go. Uh, okay. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Good, good, Thank good. Uh, we've got a review from on uh, Apple Music, iTunes. I'm not sure what it's called anymore. Anyway, uh, it's iTunes. from. Okay, great. iTunes. Uh, from Renegade says, are you a lunatic? Gives us five stars. Says, if you don't listen to this podcast, the spreadsheet confirms you are one mimosa short of a brunch. This is the funniest podcast and it makes my commute a lot easier every Wednesday. Well, I believe that's my brother. Oh, my goodness. So he's biased. <laughs> he maintains the spreadsheet. He'll often fix the spreadsheet while nice. we are recording. And I oh, nice. send him a message while we're recording, like, hey, the ranking Fic- isn't working. Because, mm-hmm. like, Female Trouble broke the spreadsheet oh. <laughs> appropriately <laughs> enough, I think. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so he was able to fix it while we were recording. Wow. Well, see, thank so. you so much, Mike. And I know thank he's you. still working hard. He works for uh, Home Depot. So they're like distributing a lot of uh, PPE right now. So he's been very busy oh, nice. doing that. That's good. We do want to do a quick announcement about our upcoming series for August. It's going to be mm-hmm. four weeks. Four weeks, four it's episodes. Very, we're is. kind of changing things up just a little. Just mm-hmm. a little. Just a tiny. We're calling it Queen's Choice. Yes. John and I are going to pick two movies each. John's going to be up first, and we're bringing back returning We're going to bring back old guests. Um, yeah, so I, in this, I wanted to bring back two of our guests who are delightful, but whose movies are uh, very low on the on the scale, um, and like give them a chance to sort of redeem themselves and somewhat. So uh, while we'll be watching, uh, next week we'll be watching Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with uh, Beatles fan Will Hines and Pam Murphy will both be coming back. Um, do you feel like Sergeant Pepper? Are you bringing in a movie you feel will score highly? I think it will do better than the movies they brought in. I think Sergeant Pepper is only not saying much. That is true. <laughs> uh, it's very campy and very ridiculous. It's also like a musical, so that'll help. Um, and I know that Will is a big fan of the Beatles. That's one of his big podcasts. So I thought, like, oh, this would be a fun uh, overlap. You always of hear Beatles fans raving about the movie version of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely yeah, Hearts. None of them do. Band. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was being sarcastic. Oh, did you catch I, up on that? I didn't catch it. Sorry. Um, so we'll My see where we're at. If right you had now. to make a prediction of where it's going to fall, what would you say if you had to give it a number? I mean, it I mean, might. No one's more qualified for this than That's we. That's true. It, it could be the lower top 10, but I think it'll be the top 20 at least. The top 20. At least I think the current top 20 at least. You're like a one in three odds. You're mm-hmm. yep, cautious, exactly. but you're still ready to but have optimistic. Some fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie? I haven't. All right. I've only heard it's terrible. So I'm, but I'm going in with an open mind as <laughs> oh, I always do. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> such a hero. Thank. I'll be a martyr. 
<laughs> um, awesome. So yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Where it's going to be fun, huh? Yeah, Something different. Some some of our favorite guests are coming back to talk yes. about more movies. You yes. guys are going to love it. All right. Uh, you can follow us Twitter and Instagram at Two Old Queens, T W Old Queens. Follow me on Letterboxd, where I maintain the ranking system. You can look at it with your own eyes and see mm -hmm. what guests did what movie and what the category they had and what percentage they have. And it's nice and pretty. You can also uh, so leave us a review on uh, iTunes or Apple Music, or you can email us at Two Old Queens, T W Old Queens, uh, and let us know what you think and stuff. All right. We'll see you next time for Queen's Choice. Good Goodbye. Now it's time for credits. We got music by Danny Cohen. Artwork by Connie Shin. And special thanks to Alex Arche and Mike Rennie. Bye. Bye. We didn't get that right. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.